Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Who's Your Caddy, presented by Leighton God. Here's your hosts, the Chief, Liam, and Joey Lenz. Hello, friends, and welcome to Who's Your Caddy, presented by Blatant Golf. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Give us that five-star rating that we need. It would be greatly appreciated. Chief here, alongside two of the most blatant gentlemen I know, at Romeo the Caddy, our Twitter handicapper, and at Rippin' Bogies, a sick degenerate in his own right, my brother, Matty P. What's up, boys? Hey, hey. hey. What's up, Chiefy? What's up? It's good to be here. Can you believe Uncle Tony? Uncle Tony finally won. How do we, how do we feel after that? Give me, your, give me your initial reactions. Well, I had a little bit of a delayed reaction because it was on a Monday. So I was working, you know, and uh, unfortunately, I, I had the boss looking over my shoulder. So couldn't have the, uh, the live stream on that. Although I had a couple of sneaky, uh, sneaky peeks at it. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. Tony's a great guy. Seems like he's a good family man. And I was happy he, uh, he won, you know, score one for the good guys here. Yeah. yeah. Tears were flowing. Tears of joy were definitely flowing. Um, hell of a save on 18. He, he deserved, I mean, what do you shoot? 65 on, on uh, Monday. I'll tell you what though, a Monday finish that, that was, that was nice. It felt like a Sunday, but it was really Monday, but like it was a Monday. Um, <laughs> that definitely helped me get through the Monday. That was, that was nice. And it was it's short in the week. It's short in the week. I loved it. it what are we like at Friday, Friday, right? hump day yet? Or almost at hump day. Um, so, all right, listen, we're going to Caves Valley. No one knows shit about this course. I, I've heard a lot of mixed things on the Twitter world, the Twitterverse, the interwebs, whatever. How much is the membership fee, Rome? What, what do we figure out? About 100K initiation and 20K dues. Ooh, all right. So Not that has any impact on the <laughs> on this week. but I, I love that the, the course is in Baltimore, out on the outskirts of Baltimore. And the tour has decided not to go to Baltimore for the last like 50 fucking years. Um, yeah, interesting that they're coming back there now. But uh, this course looks, I mean, par 72, Tom Fazio, Bentgrass, you know, I've seen that now and again around the tour. And, you know, I think we're just looking for the guys. I, I think we're looking mostly for the bombers and total driving is a stat that I've been keying on this week. If, if it's true that the fairways are a bit more narrow than maybe we initially thought and could somewhat be a setup similar to Wingfoot, where Bryson just sort of took over and bombed the shit out of it, rough was irrelevant. Uh, then, you know, I think that even says more to the, the bomber ilk of the world. So I'm going to say we need to dive right into DraftKings pricing. It's a small field, no cut event. Only 70 guys, top 30 are playing in East Lake next week. Uh, let's just fucking rapid fire this, boys. I want to go gut instinct on, on each player. Rapid fire round table starting at the top. Rombo and Xander are two guys over 11,000. I mean, listen, Rombo had that classic win here last year. He banged that 60 footer on DJ, and Joaquin Neiman was also there lurking. They named the fucking stake after him in the clubhouse after he won. I thought that was a great, great little tidbit. And that was at Olympia Fields in Chicago. So this really, you know, does not correlate to where they're playing this week on the inner harbor of Maryland. But 
I do think that this tournament is big for Rom, and I wouldn't say that he fell apart, but he, he hit a few uncharacteristic shots coming down the stretch. I, you know, I even, I think it was Dottie Pepper said, uh, you know, it's if he wins this, he's going to lock up player of the year. I think that was on like 14 or 15 and he kind of hit a couple bad shots coming in. Uh, and of course, as did Cam Smith on the playoff hole, but you know, I think Rom is going to be back here ready to fire. I think it just feels like his year. And I think that, um, it's going to conclude with him winning that 15 million in the FedEx cup and probably complete the best year of his life along with the birth of baby Keppa. I don't know if you saw Kelly was, uh, had Tony fucking signing a hat for the baby. That's pretty funny. Uh, and that's the clubhouse. So I don't really see why Rom wouldn't be hammered again this week. And I think softly has to be sprinkled also. I mean, the guys, another guy's had a great year resurging confidence after the Olympic gold. So, uh, I, Rom over Shoffley. I mean, I would say obviously, but um, I'd like them both. What, uh, what say you, Rom? Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I mean, Rom is, I mean, I think he's like five to one right now. I mean, he's just, he's the best player in the field every week. Um, have to play him in DraftKings, expensive, but um, I just don't, he just really won't put, he's putting in four solid rounds every week it seems like and um pretty much a lock for like a top he's a he's a top 10 lock this week probably will be top five um Shoffley was pretty interesting actually last week in the in the, in the five dollar gp gpp he was like seven percent owned just straight under the radar i guess people were off him after he won the gold um oh, shocked at that he had, he had a uh, pretty. He actually, I think he had a bad Monday. Finished tied eight, tied a sixteenth. But he was he was right up on the top for the most of the part of the week. Um, I mean, it's I don't know. I just I'm not really. Uh, he's playing so well right now. It's like I'm gonna play him, but I'm not gonna like. I don't know. He's kind of weird. I I don't love him, but I I feel like you have to play him because he's. Yeah, kinda, I, think, I, think I, I still think he's under the radar. This week too, and I also think that if people, I think people either are going to pay up for Rom because this pricing is so suppressed. Like you can get plenty of solid players in the low sixes. You don't really have to worry as much about going over the fifty k. Um, and I think Xander might get lost in the shuffle again. That's a really good point. Uh, what do you think, uh, Matty P, aka at Ripping Bogies, you sick degenerate? Give us a, your your feeling on the top two guys over eleven. And then feel free to dive down to the 10K range uh, with who you like down there as well. I'm going to actually go, you know, you mentioned degeneracy there, and I'm going to even be even sicker than probably what you even <laughs> thought of right here because I want to look at this from a 10,000-foot viewpoint. And Rom is obviously in one of my three – I basically have three categories, right, of lineups that I'm creating, right? And the first one is, is a quad stack of major winners. Um, so let me just, let me just tell you what you could potentially get in a quad stack of major winners besides our boy, Johnny Rom. So you have Rom Hideki, Colin Morikawa, who I'm glad you let me on the podcast after me saying, ah, yeah, I just don't feel him for the British open. And he ends up winning. Go figure. Um, Phil. So you have all four there. And then two guys from the Monday misprice column, uh, Munoz and killer Keith Mitchell. That's a pretty solid lineup for my book. My point being is looking at the top guys, I'm going Rom because obviously the guy's just been lurking at every single major, untouchable, keep him up there. 
And if you're going to stack them with a couple of other people, you know, maybe you step out of the 11K range and then maybe the next highest guy you go with is Mr. Morikawa um, and then followed by, uh, by, by the journeyman Hideki right afterwards. So, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on, on doing a, a sicko stack like that, especially when you have a major winner from this year, the best calves in the game, best coffee in the game, Phil, all, all the way at the bottom. I mean, I feel like it's hard not to stack them with a bunch of top guys. And I don't know I'm getting ahead of myself with the, with the low balls here, but you know, just, just thoughts on, on trying to stack people who have already been in big tournaments like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like that. I like that theory a lot. Um, and actually Phil is playing for a lot this week. I don't, you know, listen, him and Stricker may have had that phone call already and, and Strick may have said, listen, we appreciate everything you've done. There's just too many guys that are firing at all cylinders right now. And I understand you won major this year, but it would really mean a lot to us if you were an assistant captain, um, you know, and gave your spot to another guy. Now I'm sure Phil would not go for that immediately, but in the end, unless Phil T fives this week, I don't think he's going to be playing on the Ryder cup. I mean, I, I don't know what you think Rome about that, but I kind of like, Phil that I, I like Phil this week again it's an unknown course essentially this is his last chance to do something I, I mean Sergio too is another guy we'll get to him we don't have to go in order we can hop around a little bit we don't have to hit every guy I mean I'm not going to play Sergio but like Webb another guy guys that are literally last chance this week to, to get any chance of on the Ryder Cup and they probably need a top five or a win to do so um so that's definitely something to think about. That's certainly a narrative that's in play. And, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know how heavy I can go on Phil just because I, I think he may have just found lightning in a bottle that one week, the rest of the season, he really hasn't been great. But um, true, I, like, I, like, I like your thinking targeting the lower tier guys who have shown they can win big events. Now, obviously not a major, but, you know, this is basically like the semifinals, if you want to think of it that way, with uh, Eastlake and the Tour Championship next week so I, I like that i mean uh what are you gonna be playing any phil this week rome so what, I, what i'm hearing is it's, it's a it's a pretty tough walk walking course so i'm actually i think i'm getting i'm i'm fading all the older dudes i think uh even with the calves I'm, like I phil, you think he worried he's worried about walking with those calves Come on, those man. fucking calves on the incline i don't know i mean he's he's just so he has he's done nothing for me I mean, besides, uh, obviously, I wasn't on the PGA. So he's, besides that, I mean, I just, I don't know. I just don't see a reason why we should just jump, jump on the field train. I, I don't know. Let me, let I me ask you, though, what about the Ryder Cup? And also, you played Kiowa. You said it was a brutal walk, especially from T to Green. It was. Yeah. But then he was fine there. Well, now I get, I get that this might be a harder walk. It might be a longer course. But I mean, that was the longest major in, championship history was it not well like just to clarify i was on a probably a five-day bender when i did walk that course so um, obviously, obviously i was, I was hurting it was the last day it was the last day of the kiwa trip so uh right. safe to say i was definitely hurting a little bit but um i mean yeah i mean go for phil it'll be it'll be three percent owned and i mean one fucking time i i i have I have nothing against it. Look, all I'm saying, and this is my last argument on Phil, is this, right? If you're going to put three other major winners into your, into your lineup, right, like I'm doing because I'm sick, 
and you're left with guys who are in the 6,000 range, you might as well go with a guy who's in the 6,000 range who's won a major this year and is probably in the top, what, 20 of all time in terms of Hall of Fame golfers. I mean, if you're going to stack with big dogs, you got to bring in a big dog who's low priced. You know, granted, is he going to win this? No. If he makes the cut, I'll be happy. But if he makes the cut at, at 6,300, I'd say it's a win for all parties considered. And maybe you can go be- ahead and stack a couple of the big name guys. Maybe you go Rom and Shoffley on there or like Rom and Morikawa like I did. And then you free up a little bit of cap space by bringing in Uncle Funkle. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going with the double stack up top this week because you have so many dudes that are going to be pretty popular in the lower tier at your, you know, at Aaron Wiseman, the Gooch Meister, Keith Mitchell, who I love this week. He was a Monday Miss Price. Max Homa's getting a lot of chatter. Um, our boy Rob G on Twitter had him in his game theory article, which I think was smart today, but I think by tee off time Thursday morning, I don't think home is going to be too contrarian being that he won at Wells Fargo, uh, and that he's really good off the tee. So, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, just, just to clear up some of these final guys at the top, you know, JT don't need to go into this amazing player going to be highly owned. Uh, the two guys flanking him, Jordan Spieth who will give our listeners a little heads up, knows this course pretty well, being an Under Armour guy and being down there in the regional. Jack Nicholson face coming at you. <laughs> uh, Jack Nicholson face on Spieth. And also DJ, I think the two of them are going to be, I don't think their ownership combined will be over 10%. I think Dustin's going to be about five. And I think Spieth could be between five to seven. And I think both are extremely contrarian game theory plays. I mean, I don't think Dustin forgot that he got fucked up by Rom at this tournament last year. Um, and also, I have no idea what's going on with DJ. We might have to dive into Paulina's IG a little bit to figure out what's going on. But uh, he's been pretty much a walking, sleeping giant. I mean, I mean, he's been doing nothing lately. It's like he almost doesn't care about the playoffs. He kind of was like that last year, coasting through the summer and then turned it on one by 11 strokes at Northern Trust, won the FedEx Cup, won the Masters. I mean... I don't see how he's going to do that this year, but to get a DJ at 5% ownership in a playoff event, I mean, it's it's DJ. It's not some schmuck. It's like this guy can turn it on whenever he feels like it. I don't know why he hasn't turned it on yet. Didn't look great at Liberty. Thought he was going to show up there, but um, you know, I would, I would definitely consider him as a, a contrarian pivot off of the JT chalk. Uh, and then you got Brooksy and Morikawa right there. Bam, bam. I don't think Morikawa's – well, he can't miss the cut this week, but I don't think he's going to have two shitty weeks in a row. I got to commend Romeo for the hammer on him last week. It didn't work out, but those are the type of plays that you got to make if you're going to try to take down a GPP. You can't just take the highest on guys in every position. So, you know, even Uncle Tony, let's classic, 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 classic fade spot. Why? I mean, stupid. He's playing great right now. He locked up Ryder Cup, first win in five years. Obviously, the last day or two has been a lot for him. Like, why can't he just come out and play great again? Like, these are guys that initially maybe I didn't think about, and I don't think the general population in the community thought about it either. But, I mean, you start off a lineup with DJ and Tony, two big-hitting shit show bombers out of par 72. I mean, I that could turn out pretty well for you come Sunday. Don't hate it. <laughs> If I may, because um, I, I think we're going to be going, I think they'd call it in Call of Duty the Kimbo right here, the double hammer for a stack hammer right here. Stack hammer. Of, uh, in, in my second category of, uh, of picks is, is the runner-ups this year. You know, guys who were, you know, 
always constantly lurking top five or just right around the corner. Spieth and Louis Big O Ustazen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Combine both those. First, you got Spieth, who's been lurking, not to mention Bentgrass guy, FedEx Cup playoff kind of guy. You know he loves the energy and this type of stuff. And Louis, I mean, he's never seen a big event that he didn't like lurking in. I mean, you Amen. know, this guy's going to need a restraining order from big events because uh, he, he's just creeping on him too hard, you know? I but, you, uh, you know, I said to Romeo, you got to look at those two. And Louis, go ahead, continue. Sorry. Once, and then once you head down there, you got Hideki who's lurking right around the corner. I mean, could it be a possible triple stack on those guys that we keep going? I, I don't know. You know, I might need to bring out that, that cup game that was popular in like 2007 with all the stacks that are going on. But I don't know. Prove me wrong right here. Why not put those three guys? Dude, in most how, how about if you did, first of all, let me just say Louie, I think is a must, must pepper this week. He took a little, a couple weeks off, which is okay because he accumulated a lot of points. He must have been tired. Um, he's arguably having like the second best year to Rom this year, and he needs to be played. Like he's gunning for the FedEx Cup. I don't think he's going to be that highly owned because people have forgot about him maybe over the last few weeks. Cam Smith, 9,500. Like, why are we stopped playing him? Guy's fucking amazing. Amazing putter, amazing short game. Just lost in the playoff. Like, again, why are we not playing him? There's a lot of guys that are in good form at the top. Rory, not as in great form, but amazing on Tom Fazio courses, especially Wells Fargo. Again, anytime I get Rory where driver is paramount, give me him. Got to sprinkle him. Bryson, 9,300 is going to be really popular. But again, Bryson makes a lot of sense. Just because the guy is popular doesn't mean you fade him. This is something we've learned in the years, the years of toiling on DK. I mean, got to be played. Looked pretty good last week. Just, you know, had, had a couple of those dumb Bryson shots. But besides that, I mean, he could pick this place apart. 9,300 for Bryson at a bomber's track. I mean, that's frightening. And can't lie. And I, look, this, I, I mean, there's just so many guys. Like, I, I love all these guys. I, I have to pick. I mean, can't lie. Another guy going for Ryder Cup. Victor Hovland looked great until he went fucking completely apeshit Gilmore and destroyed his putter. Had a putt with a nine iron, actually worked out pretty well for him. Burger, no one's going to own. Another one of Rob G's pivot plays. Scotty Scheffler and Hideki right there, Matt. You're talking about a stack. The Scheffler Hideki. Oh, yeah. Not Scotty Scheffler driving, total driving as the stack. I keep mentioning this week. I think it's going to be really important. And Hideki, the ball striking phenom. A tight tree lined track. Uh, sounds, like, uh, sounds like a little place called Firestone where Hideki's won before. I mean, I really like those boys. We like, of course, we like the prophet Abraham answer. I don't know. He might, he may have caught a little bit of heat, and it's gonna to start to cool off a bit. Uh, ended with the brutal triple the other day, but Corey Connors at eighty six hundred, another ball striking guy. Just, I mean, there's guys that light it up tee to green is what I'm looking for here, and maybe they catch a hot putter. Scheffler, Hideki, Corey Connors, those three right there. Just fucking watch them on the driving range. It'll be a thing of beauty. So. And then you get Webb and Harris English, guys that have great years, uh, especially Harris, but fringe Ryder Cup guys. I don't know. Romeo, give me – there's a lot of guys I just mentioned. Give me give me your favorite guys in the lower nines and upper to mid eights tier, and then we got to move it along. Uh, yeah, I can't. I still really can't play Rory. It's just so difficult. And he's at a massive discount this week. Um, Insane discount. As much as I want to play him, I, I I'm very I'm struggling. Uh, like I just 
I don't, it's just, I think it's just his putting. I mean, he's, he's the third best ball strike in the last 12 rounds uh, on the PGA tour, like fourth off the tee doing everything right. But I don't, I don't even know what, like, what's the prop. I guess it's just his, his putting and like strokes gain around the green. He just fucking, he can't, he can't scramble whatsoever. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I love Victor Hovland this week. Um, Danny, I actually really like Danny Berger. He's striking the ball out of he. He's Danny Berger is due for a win. He's been playing really well for a long time. I could see him maybe pulling this one out. I'll probably throw an out right on him. Um, Hideki, another guy who I think is a is historically a fucking par five machine. Um, gonna definitely gonna pepper some Hideki. And lastly, where's uh where's Harris this week? Eighty four. Yeah, I mean. Okay. 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 A nice val. I mean, uh, the year that he's having, he should be. He should be a pretty. He should be a nine thousand guy. No, the year he's fucking having. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna. I'm gonna have to play him heavily. That's, All right. That's, uh, I mean that that. All sounds good uh, to me, but there's it's like there's two, I know this is the top seventy guys of the year, so there's a lot of guys to talk about. I just can't remember a season when there were so many top guys in form. Like it really is hard to pick. You you might want to honestly just wait till those ownership percentages come out on Wednesday, and just pick the guys that are that are projected to be the lowest owned, uh, you know, and just get after it at that point. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to rip through my favorite guys from the eights downwards, and then we'll go around the table and we'll, and we'll just highlight some guys go for as long as you want. And then we'll wrap it up with who we think is going to win. All right. Starting at E400. Okay. We said Harris English, obviously cousin Harris, Sammy, the bull 8,300 playing way too well. One at Valspar should have won at the Riv. And missed a putt for a playoff two weeks ago in Memphis. Really like him. 8,200, Paul Casey. Again, Tom Fazio expert, driving specialist, tee to green expert. Amazing year overall and is need, and needs to play well to get Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup is a big thing for me. Joaquin Neiman, 8,100. The third man of the Troika last year at the BMW along with DJ and Rom. Don't think he forgot about that. Excellent on bent grass. Great off the tee. Uh, then there's then we go to Sungjae, Lowry, Kiko Kraken. Like them all for light sprinklage. Uh, Henley, not so much. I think he's mentally shot after that a couple weeks ago. Keegan Bradley, always mentioned. Got to give a shout out to Wheatley and St. John's, two of our places close to heart. Um, won this tournament three years ago. Has played this course with success. Uh, not, not on PGA, but separately. Amazing off the tee. Great driver of the golf ball. Kenny Putt, that's all it comes down to. Kevin Na has been playing really good, 7,600. Keep an eye on him if he catches the hot putter. HV3, 7,400. Riding the train, going to win soon. Not sure he can win this week, but I think he's going to lurk again. Billy Ho, won't miss out on fucking Eastlake. No chance of it. Got to be sprinkled Billy Ho this week. Cam Champ, 7,300. Again, four par fives. Love that. Bomber track, bent grass. We see him on the 3M. Like him a lot. Johnny Vegas, 7,100. I'm calling him the Venezuelan Viper. That's the new nickname for this guy because he fucking stings it off the tee. He is long <laughs> and he is thick. I'm telling you, 
love him on this track. We'll see what happens. Had a little off week, but you'll see a nice 50th or 60th now and again. He's had three runner-ups this year, six T15s. Really like him. Go, drop it down a little bit. Um, Uncle Lee, rest in peace. Maybe we'll throw him in one lineup. Oh, hold Smash on, GB. I got, I got to ask because we're getting to that range right here. You know, I'm on a fucking three, roll right three, now. This better be good. There's three guys who are who are are they up for forgiveness? You know, are they, are they ready to die for our sins right here? And I'm talking about Charlie Hoffman, Mav McNeely, and Uncle Lee. Can can they have a shot at the title this week? Is there a shot of redemption? Charlie Hoffman looked like looked like freaking Juna last week. He, I, he he actually may have found something. I would probably sprinkle Charlie Hoffman a little bit. I know Rome's gonna be on him. Mac Hughes, sixty nine. Matt McNeil had an awesome year. I don't know if he can, can sustain this. Mac Hughes, hot putter. We we skipped a guy who I think is. Hold on, hold on. Let me finish doing my thing, and then we're all gonna go and, and rip through the remainder. We all. I want to keep this for, to no more than – Who are you not playing? Can I ask you? Like, <laughs> I'm playing all much, these guys. Who, who are we beating? All, all these guys give me, make give sense some, Give me some schmuckos schmuck that we don't like. I'm not playing Siwoo. I'm not playing the Harmonator. That a boy. Okay. Um, Brandon Grace I'm on the fence about. Munoz I'm playing 100%. Makes too many birdies. No cut event. Leash Doggy. Guy that's won here before. Hasn't done shit lately, but I don't care. He'll be sprinkled. Not was, playing – he, he gained some good strokes uh, approach last week. I, I I think that could be a sneaky play. Leash doggy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. The iron, the iron, iron, his irons were cooking last week, which has been kind of his struggle for the most part. Actually, off the, off the he can't get off the fucking tee for whatever reason, but irons were cooking last week. Maybe he could figure out his driver. We'll see. I know you like the Mexican yeah. missile too, Carlos Ortiz. I do. I do. Um, I don't know why, but actually, no, I'm not going to play him. Cam, da- <laughs> Cam Davis. Cam Davis, great driver, high eagle rate, most eagles on the season. Um, again, of course, that has four par fives. We got to like him. Uh, okay, Killer Keith Mitchell, 6,500. Scared he might get a little too owned for my liking. But this used to be a strictly Bermuda Boys Club play. No, this guy is playing fucking great. Doesn't matter the surface, hits the shit out of the ball and really ended great with that birdie on 18 at Liberty to lock up his spot this week. Um, I don't see why we wouldn't just keep playing him. I just ride the hot hand with him. Grillo not touching with a 10-foot stick. Max Homa already talked about him, gonna be popular. Ryan Palmer, one of my one of my fucking uncles that I, I don't know. He's hanging out by dear life onto the family tree. May put him in some correlated ROM lineups. We'll see what happens. Chris Kirk, first guy I said this week, keep an eye on if he's low-priced. One of Romeo's favorite guys. Again, similar to Keith Mitchell, usually only like him on Bermuda. No, striking the ball too well. Top 20, I think it was last week, driving um, 6,300 for a ball striker like him. Him and Kiz actually saw that earlier. Shout out to the guys. Give Andy Lack a call on this one. They played in the, um, the amateur event here about 10 years ago. Again, 10 years, whatever. But some familiarity with them on the East Coast the Delmarva Peninsula, like any of those guys that are on the Carolinas and then the East Coast here, even though it's bent grass. Aaron Wise, 6,300, mentioned him before. Usually fucking can't stand him. Got to play him. Poked his head in last week. You see him lurking around those coastal courses. Think he's a play. Phil, we went over. Gooch Meister sort of went over. I'm not in love with him usually. Maybe I have to sprinkle him a little bit. Uh, Harry Higgs, another guy never gets played, but, but sprinkle just kind of shows up at big-time events sometimes. 6,200, 
And last guy for me, one of the original, maybe our first cousin, our first family member, Hudson Swafford English. Okay. 6,000. Fifth last week and on the season in total driving now, Hudson Swafford hitting the shit out of the ball off the tee. Got to be sprinkled. All right. I know that took a while, but I wanted to hit all those guys. Rapid fire, final plays, and give me your winner. Uh, Ripping bogeys, Matty P. Start. Give me. Final lineup right here. I call this one guys I'd like to drink beers with and Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, so we got Bryson, Charlie Hoffman, Matthews, DJ, Cam Smith, and your boy, Uncle Lee, coming back. Guy Let's who's going to win this tournament, though, Jordan Speed. Another low-key thing. There's only two, I believe, Englishmen in the, in the tournament, Uncle Lee and Paul Casey. They're going to want to represent, maybe get a low-key Ryder Cup spot out of it. Uh, who wins? Ripping bogeys. Give me the winner. Jordan Speed. Jordan Speed. All right, fine. Rome, give me your winner. Uh, Cam Champ wins this week. Cam Champ, holy shit! What a fucking just what too too long too long off the tee for four par four uh, four par fives. He's gonna he's gonna tear them apart. Um, he's seventy three hundred. I mean, he's gonna go in every lineup. I mean, he's gonna right, he's listen. just he's just like he's we the guy it. this week. Cam Champs, the, the call. We, we got to call it a day. Uh, I think Sky Scheffler gets it this week. Follow us at Blayton Golf, at Blayton underscore Chief, at Romeo the Caddy, at Rippin' Bogies. B-O-L, take that aim. Let's get after it. Bada bing, bada boom. See you later. Good night.